your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and follow us on the podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and the Megaphone app. Subscribing is free and keeps you up to date on the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis. On tonight's episode, we are going to be doing a couple of fun things. The first thing that I wanted to talk about was a recent review of the Winnipeg Jets 2020 draft from Will Scouching, who we've had on this podcast a couple of times to discuss all sorts of prospects and draft analysis leading into the actual draft itself. But of course, now that the draft is over, we have a sort of a review that uh, Will has made and put on YouTube that you can watch if you want to get the more detailed thoughts of what he kind of saw from Winnipeg's draft. I'll summarize some of it in brief and give my own thoughts about it, which overall I think you can imagine our thoughts are all pretty positive, but I won't spoil it ahead of schedule. Um, After we talk a little bit of draft business, I also wanted to go into a bit of a return for our greatest goal scorers ever list, only this time we're going to take a look at some of the goalkeepers from both the NHL world and the goalkeeping world of football to see who's actually scored goals, you know, what exactly were the circumstances under how they accomplished these things and ultimately you know who did it best and who was really an artist behind the ball or the puck spoiler alert most goalie goals in hockey tend to be of the empty net variety but we still count those anyways because some of them can be pretty accurate snipes from uh, the full length of the ice but before we talk about fun goalie shenanigans let's talk about winnipeg's draft now of course you know who the jets drafted we got uh, cole perfetti in the first round and in subsequent rounds we also picked up daniel torgerson Anton Johannesson, and Tyrell Bauer. Will gave the Jets a 1B overall for this draft, which is one of the highest scores you can actually get in this particular rating system because Will is a pretty, you know, distinguishing guy when it comes to how teams draft. He doesn't just hand out 1A grades because those really don't always exist. You have to have some kind of balanced measuring when you look at how a team performs. And it's not like every Winnipeg Jets pick hit it out of the park. Relatively speaking, I think Winnipeg did great, and so did Will. But, you know, obviously there are areas where the Jets maybe could have improved slightly, depending on what they were looking for. But let's take a look first at Cole Perfetti. At 10th overall, this is just an absolute steal. We know that Cole is obviously a a bit of a home run pick. He was the best player available. He was an easy choice. He should have gone arguably top five. And like Elias Petterson, who was drafted by the Vancouver Canucks a few seasons ago, I have a feeling that Perfetti is going to be one of those players that got away from a lot of teams. I think he's going to have one of those careers where people look back and say, how did he ever fall out of the top five? Will he push for, like, top three consideration? I don't know. It's going to be tough because obviously you've got Lafreniere and Byfield locked up in those top two spots, but the rest of the top five to seven players, there's going to be a lot of arguments about who is going to end up being the better guy. What I will say is, you know, despite Anton Lindell doing really well in the Finnish league, I think it's very obvious that the Jets made the right pick when they when they pulled in Perfetti because I feel like Perfetti just has the IQ and the brain power to pull off things that nobody else will be able to. Don't get me wrong, Lundell is very impressive, and what he's doing right now in Liga is extremely admirable, especially for a teenager. He's having one of the best teenager forward seasons we've seen in Liga in a long time, but I also have to say that I think Perfetti 
may have a level to his game that is just a little bit more than what Lundell will offer at the NHL level. And that's not to say that Lundell isn't going to be a really good player. I think he's going to be a stud. I'm just not sure that he will end up being better than Perfetti in the long run. I think they, they play two very different styles of game. I think Perfetti is somebody who's a very cerebral center and somebody who I think might be a more regular goal scorer. Lundell may be that too, but I feel like I just like Perfetti's IQ a little bit more, and maybe he has a bit more upside and a higher ceiling too. Speaking of upside, Anton Johansson, you know, Will has kind of argued as being one of the highest ceiling and also biggest potential bust prospects that the Jets pulled off because this is a guy who has a lot of offensive skill, but he has a couple of glaring weaknesses in his game, most notably with like his physical strength and a fairly lengthy injury history. You know, Anton is certainly a smaller kid, and coming into the NHL, he will have to adjust to the both physical demands and, honestly, the speed of the game. I think that he has a lot of traits and tool sets that, you know, Will has pointed out as being very potentially adaptable, especially when it comes to distribution, offensive creation, and vision. I mean, he, th- he has all of these things in spades, but I, I think figuring out how to adapt to that at an NHL level or even just a higher professional level will be something of a challenge. He first has to stay healthy and and figure out how to keep his body in shape, because once he does that, then he can work on the rest of the fundamentals. But first things first, he's got to be healthy. As far as the other picks are concerned, we've got Daniel Torgerson, who Will feels very confidently is going to be some kind of an NHLer. What's kind of interesting and and a bit troubling for Torgerson is he did have a, a fairly serious knee injury recently, but thankfully medicine has progressed to the point where a knee injury like this doesn't really affect a career as much as it might have before. He may not be 100%, but generally speaking, the rehabbing process has gotten to the point where a lot of guys have come back from serious ligament damage, and I hope the same can be said for Torgerson. Torgerson's one of those guys who maybe doesn't have like an elite sense and, and a really high ceiling, but if you're looking for a big, strong offensive wing who can park his butt in front of the net and create chaos, especially from around the goal line and inside the crease, this is the guy that you would want to be bringing in. I think Torgerson is, is actually pretty decently mobile. He doesn't have like an explosive stride, right? But he will be a pretty mobile skater for a guy his size. He doesn't need to be Nick Ehlers fast, but he does need to be mobile enough to move the puck up the ice, and it seems like he's very capable of doing that. Right now, when he was playing in Sweden, he was actually capable of doing that on a pretty regular basis, and he was very strong on the puck, which I think is important, especially when you're being pressured by a lot of defending skaters. I think in another podcast, the last pick we got was uh, Tyrell Bauer, and like I thought back then, Will also didn't really have too many thoughts about it. You know, generally speaking, Tyrell is, is there. I've heard different reports about him being a potential player with some really decent physical tools and some nice skill sets, especially as a big puck moving D. Beyond that, though, it's just really hard to get a read on him because there's not a whole lot of information or scouting reports or even footage of Bauer in action, so not a whole lot to say about him. One thing that Will did mention in his video is that, you know, Winnipeg has started to draft some of these big puck moving D with some upside and skill, which I think is, is actually pretty important. This has been a shift since the Logan Stanley debacle where, you know, the Jets obviously went with Stanley a few years ago because he's big and physical and he hits a lot. We all know, though, that Stanley isn't exactly the most mobile pro skater, and he also lacks really high-end IQ in terms of uh, defensive reads, offensive creation, and all that stuff. So where, where Logan Stanley kind of had certain limitations, a lot of Winnipeg's big D draft picks over the past couple of seasons have seemingly had a lot more in the tank. I think the Jets are making a nice concession between bringing in guys who are skilled puck movers and also players who can compete at the NHL level with some degree of physicality. Dylan Sandberg seems like a perfect example. Big kid, but really smart on the puck, very powerful, nice shot, and increasingly good defensive awareness. 
I hope that Bauer kind of fits into this similar mold of being a nice mobile puck moving D who is also strong and can use his physical frame to block shots and seal off passing or shooting lanes. I think that these traits can be very useful. Like you don't want to rely on size being the only thing, but if you have other traits that make you an effective D, I think that that is basically the more the merrier in this case. Add in all of the good things that make a quality NHL player, draft them late, get a steal, everyone's happy. In some total, I think a 1B is actually pretty fair for how the Jets did. You know, the Jets didn't have all that many draft picks this year, but on the ones that they did draft, they actually made pretty good bank on them. It's hard to be upset when you get Cole Perfetti at 10th overall, man. I sometimes still don't believe it, but it happened, and we are we are living pretty good, I have to say. On a semi-related note of uh, Winnipeg's drafted players, we are actually going to talk a little bit about Mikhail Berdin, but not for his goaltending prowess, but because he's actually been somebody who, as goalie, has actually scored goals at the junior level, and I thought it would be fun to take a look at some of the NHL goalies who have done the same. But before then, I thought you should hear a little bit more about Bill Go. When you wake up every day, you face plenty of walls and obstacles to getting your work done. I know right after I get out of bed and, and brush my teeth and take a shower or wash my face, I'm usually still in a bit of a groggy haze. It takes a little bit more to get me started. And when I'm in that hazy mental fog, I turn to Biltgo. Biltgo is the perfect, convenient one and a half ounce package to get your day started and break down every wall you face. It's the all-natural, healthy, and delicious alternative to the five-hour energy crash and sugary energy drinks. The convenient packages are perfect for your on-the-go lifestyle and can fit inside your briefcase, your backpack, your golf bag, or just about anywhere else you need it. You can enjoy Biltgo in three delicious flavors including peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. Every package comes fortified with collagen protein, beta alanine, B3, honey, a kick of caffeine, B6, and B12 so you get all the nutrients and energy you need to keep going all day every day. To get started visit bilco.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at bilco.com. Let's go! Welcome back to the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are talking a little bit about some entertaining goal-scoring goalies, of which there are only a handful of them out there. You know, there are pl- plenty of goal scorers who are goalies who have done it at lower levels, but in terms of the NHL, the list itself is actually pretty small. In the last 20 years, only a handful of goalies have actually done it, including Marty Brodeur, Jose Theodore, Evgeny Nabokov, Mika Nuronin, Chris Mason, Cam Ward, Mike Smith, and Pekka Rinne. Most of these goals tend to be ones that have been shot from empty net situations where they just kind of fling it down the ice, but usually you have to do it pretty uh, pretty accurately. I mean, these are hard shots to take from great distance. One of the more interesting ones that happens to be something of an own goal, apparently, is one where Brodeur scored one in 2012-13 on a delayed penalty that ended up being a power play goal and an own goal from Jordan Stahl. Beyond that, the only recent ones have been Mike Smith and Pekka Rinne, and Rinne did it last season where he, I, I think, flung it down the ice against the Chicago Blackhawks. And of course, it was a pretty big deal because generally speaking, this stuff just doesn't happen. It's very rare where a situation opens up that a goalie can actually take a shot down the ice and score. You usually have to have some kind of an empty net, like a delayed penalty, or even like an empty net from an extra man being uh, put on the ice for maybe a a game-tying situation attempt. And you also have to have incredible hand-eye coordination. When you're a goalie and you're inside all of that gear and you have the huge paddle, it can be very difficult to elevate the puck and get it down the ice with any sort of pace, especially when you try to aim a shot down uh, for a goal. Even an empty net one, a lot of people would say is, oh, you know, that shouldn't be that hard for a goalie, right? But to even see it down the ice, to get the puck over, I guess, all of the defenders, and to even just to get it within the vicinity of the goal mouth is, is very difficult. It's not a particularly easy skill, and not many guys can do it, which is why Brodeur doing it multiple times during his career is pretty funny. 
Technically, no Winnipeg Jets have accomplished this rare feat yet, but in fact, not at the NHL level, but at the junior level, which I believe was, uh, I think it was the USHL, is it, where um, Michael Berdine hails from? Berdine, of course, is overseas now. I believe he's playing in the KHL, and apparently it's been a little bit of an up-and-down experience for him. He recently got on a highlight reel goal against where the puck seemed to bounce and, and kind of catch him off guard from a weird angle. It was just sort of lobbed from center ice and, and caught him at a weird angle and unfortunately went inside the net. But we all know that Berdine remains one of the most intriguing goalie prospects out there because he's also something of an entertainer. At the USHL level, he actually has recorded a couple of goals, and again, they are empty net goals. I think he's done it once or twice. Uh, I believe it was the first goal that he did a couple of seasons ago, and then he just came really close to almost scoring again in a, a subsequent game, but obviously it didn't go in, so I think he was probably a little bit frustrated, but everyone thought it was really funny. What's crazy is I'm pretty sure he's actually tried to take shots on goal as a goalie for the Manitoba Moose in the past couple of seasons, which I think is just hysterical. This guy just seems to have like a lot of confidence and swagger, and I feel like it's the way that he thinks about being a goalie. You know, most goalies understand that their range of movement and their positioning is pretty limited. They're not pushing too far out of the net when it comes to being a puck-playing goalie or getting physically aggressive, but that's not Berdine at all. This dude is kind of crazy, which for better or for worse will probably bite him one day, but generally speaking, I feel like Berdine being as entertaining as he can be makes him one of the most intriguing goalie prospects, and I really feel like if he actually gets to the NHL, he might be the next guy to score a goal. I think what kind of sets him apart from some of the other goalies I've seen is that he actually is very active and very good at skating. If you had told me that he would have been a defenseman in a, in a different life, I would have believed you because his, his edge work behind the net is actually very good. He knows his body positioning well. He's very skilled with handling the puck behind the net. And sure, he does seem to like to incur a lot of risk, especially as a goalie, but for the most part, he's been getting away with it. And I feel like it's not because he's lucky, but because he understands how to move his body and how to use his frame effectively. Honestly, I kind of want to see him take like a shootout goal because I feel like Berdine would actually be pretty good if you put the stick between his hands for a really important pivotal penalty or shootout attempt. You don't really see many goalies who have the kind of puck handling and skating skills that he has, but for the most part, it seems like Berdine's got it in spades, plus a lot of cockiness and confidence. Let's hope he can join the extremely elite and small list of goalies who have somehow managed to score a goal on an empty net. In just a little bit, we'll also check into some of the football goalies who have done the same thing because, to be honest, scoring goals as a goalkeeper is apparently a really high honor that exists in multiple sports, and it's not just uh, it's not just like a penalty goal or something where you've seen this happen. There were, in fact, some goalkeepers who have scored an open play, which just makes it all the funnier. Welcome back to the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast. We've been covering some of the greatest goal scorers over the past couple of weeks, and occasionally that actually does include some goaltenders who have done the same thing. And that's not just in hockey. We've also had plenty of football goalkeepers who have put it in, in opposing nets or sometimes their own net when they're really unlucky. But there are a few guys who actually made a regular habit of it. And I think one of the most interesting players that's ever been a, a goal-scoring goalkeeper is a guy named Rene Higuita. If you are a football fan, Higuita's name is probably not particularly uh, foreign to you because Rene has had one of the most entertaining legacies and certainly controversial legacies of any player to play the goalkeeping position over the past like 40, 50, or even 60 years. Higuita is a hard guy to describe because he essentially pioneered a lot of what we call the sweeper-keeper position where you're essentially a really active part of both uh, defensive work and being an offensive attacker. In a lot of ways, I would almost say that Mikhail Berdin is probably closer to Higuita than most normal goaltenders because Higuita would often come out and uh, effectively challenge opposing f forwards either with like really aggressive positioning or 
a tackle here and there. And this is a guy who really a lot of people said is crazy because he incurred so many risks and did things that a lot of people would say were unnecessary. I think one of the most famous ones is, of course, his scorpion kick save, where for no particular reason, he pulled both of his legs back and over his head and kicked the ball out of the net when he really didn't need to do it. But he did it very calmly, very effectively, and remains one of the most iconic goalkeepers for that save alone. With somebody as eccentric and as aggressive as Higuita was, especially as a goalkeeper, you might not be surprised to know that, in fact, he's one of the highest goal-scoring keepers in all of football history, with 41 goals to his name. What made Higuita very special was that he was very capable of doing it in penalties or also scoring from, you know, set-piece situations where he'd take a nice little free kick. Free kicks are actually an art form in and of themselves, which is kind of amazing that Higuita was one of the guys who's capable of doing that, you know, with any sort of regularity. There was one other goalkeeper who maybe exceeds that reputation by quite a bit and remains one of the highest goal-scoring goalkeepers of all time, and that is Rogério Chemi. I think that's how you pronounce it. A little bit hard to figure it out because it is a Brazilian Portuguese. Uh, hopefully I didn't butcher it for anyone who speaks Portuguese and, and is familiar with the pronunciation, but Rogério was like an amazing, amazing goal scorer. This guy could score from almost anywhere, including free kicks, penalties, and apparently at least one goal from open play. He recorded 112 goals as a career uh, goal scorer, which is kind of nuts. Usually those are numbers that you'd associate from like a forward or a midfielder who's been you know, playing for 10 plus years in the league. To see that from a goalkeeper is really spectacular, and it shows you just how often these guys who play one particular position have so many gifts outside of it. That's kind of why I feel like at some point hockey is going to start thinking about positions a little bit more fluidly. Obviously, we're not talking about goal scorers coming from within their own net. We're mostly thinking about forwards becoming defenders. But it is cool that back in the day, you used to see goalkeepers in football taking free kicks and doing stuff like penalties. Some of those guys do take penalties now, but for the most part, all of that stuff is done away with. Keepers tend to be pretty... Um, Focused on defensive work, but increasingly focused in offensive buildup rather than like set piece kicks and stuff. What they will often do is is feed, I guess, forwards and midfielders or even their own defenders with shorter passes to try and get players up the field. But they're not really taking free kicks as much these days. Those are often very risky, and of course you don't want to get countered and surrender a goal really quickly. And they also have plenty of players and midfielders who are now, you know, free kick experts in their own rights. It is crazy, though, to see somebody as a goalkeeper who's had 112 goals, and it's not like there haven't been other players with plenty of goals, too. You know, one of the other guys had, like, 62 goals, Higuita had 41. It's just absolutely nuts, and it really shows you the versatility and skill sets that a lot of these guys possessed when it came to playing the ball with their feet. That might be one reason why they were so good at these things, because, you know, as a goalkeeper, you often have to heave the ball upfield and do it with both precision and accuracy. You need to hit those targets repeatedly, find your guys upfield, and help them in, an, in obviously really crucial build-up situations, which maybe explains why they were so good at being free-kick takers as well. You change the target slightly, and it's actually not that different from trying to distribute the ball upfield on a really nice long pass with a lot of pace. It's too bad that we don't really have as much of an equivalent in hockey, but hopefully one day we'll see somebody like Mikhail Berdin, who kind of comes into the league and starts storming around with incredible offensive buildup potential and, and really good puck handling skills, because I feel like if a goalie comes out who ends up being really smart with a puck, he can help spring breakouts and counters and things that we haven't really seen in the sport of hockey before. If you want to see goal-scoring hockey goalies, let me know at the uh, HL Living Loco, my personal Twitter, or our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. But for now, that's going to do it for tonight's show. I thank you so much for listening. Before you log off, be sure to check out the Locked On National Podcast hosted by Sarah Avampato. As always, thanks again, have a great night, and go Jets go!